music you feel from the inside. It's time for Soul Essence with Martin Gale. Hello my friends and welcome. It's that time again you're listening to me, Martin Gale, here with Soul Essence on a Saturday. How are you? And well, what a show. Great soulful and disco house tunes, of course, but we're joined by an absolute queen. Ultranate says hello later on. I know, I know. And do let me know what you're doing. Chatroomhousesradio.com. Instagram, DJ Martin Gale UK. You know what to do, get involved. And starting off, I just love this tune. Probably my summer anthem of 2020 so far. Roisin Murphy with the chill vibes. This is Murphy's Law. Check it out.
Boy, am I glad to see you. Bit of a week of it between you and me, but all better now we're together again. Nothing some tunes can't heal. And Matt D, Claudio Deeper Plus spend there. Show me the way. Nice work. Classic Deep Star and Donna Allen coming up next. And of course, this is Sugar.
full of soulful goodness. Our house is your house.
Today's guest on the show almost needs no introduction as she's been part of house music culture for over 30 years and frankly most of our lives for the best part of 25. I'm beyond delighted to welcome the one and only Ultranate. Yay! <laughs> Hi Martin, welcome. how are you? I'm well, thank you. I was touched and humbled watching the replay of your set at the weekend, which of course you did in tribute to the, the sort of friends we lost along the way in the COVID crisis. First things first, how are you keeping in this worrying time? I'm doing I'm doing a lot better than some. And so, you know, I, I'm keeping it in perspective and being grateful for friends and family that are still here, that are healthy, that are thriving, you know, just trying to take care of my folks and um, help my industry where and when. I can continue moving with business and fortifying my soul with music and um, other things that make me happy and and just you know just trying to stay on the right side of all of this in being a, you know another positive voice out there in the mist. And of course, on a happier note, we're also in Pride season around the world. And thanks to Free, you're a particularly special icon for the LGBTQ community. How does that make you feel? That's wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, I feel like I've always been part of the LGBTQIA. Mm community anyway um, with my career because they really were, that community was the foundation of fans and supporters and peers and collaborators that I was surrounded by from the beginning of my my journey in music on so many levels and so many areas. And so I've always had this really great relationship with the community and they really taught me a lot of things. It just being in the underground club scene and club mm. culture, you learn a lot of things because that's where, you know, house music was born out of. Yeah, quite. Out of gay culture. Although you became a household name here in the UK in the, in the late 90s, those of us sort of house music watchers remember mm-hmm. it's over now on your early work with the Basement Boys. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about your experience getting into the house scene at that time? <laughs> For me, it was really accidental because I was in, I had just finished high school and I had just started at university, literally just started at university. And I, I felt like I was kind of thrown into this really crazy pool and didn't um, have my footing really of what I was what I was doing. But I did know that I wanted to continue in, in the medical field, which had been my um, area of concentration through my high school uh, curriculum as I went to a college prep school. So I was already on that path. Um, and then in that same year, I discovered the underground dance music culture and going to a club here in Baltimore where I'm from called Odell's. And that was kind of, that's like really a legendary iconic club here in Baltimore has a long legacy. Um, and it was, it was likened after the Paradise Garage in New York. Um, so great sound, great design of the club, really, you know, amazing people and just like this awesome immersive experience. And so having that as to counterbalance the university situation, I kind of gravitated more towards the music and the energy of underground club culture at that moment. And being in that environment, I met the Basement Boys um, just by happenstance, and they were looking for vocalists to develop their their new budding production company. Um, They asked me to come in and sing and audition for them because they knew I kind of sang in my church choir a little bit, but I wasn't really a singer and that wasn't my path. And I definitely had never written a song. But I was, you know, in the spirit of adventure as a teenager, you're like, okay, sure, I'll try it, you know? So I really just organically liked that, hanging out with the boys at the studio. Other people were there, people were auditioning. I sang a song for them, like I did Angela Wimbush's Angel. They loved it. And 
they ended up working with me. So we, you know, just spent time in the studio coming up with ideas for songs. And the first song that I wrote in my uh, attempt to write a song was It's Over Now. Ah. And so we had these lyrics as we kind of wrote it at the kitchen, in, in, the, in the kitchen on the, on the counter. But it was only lyrics. There was no melody. There was no track. And so that night, the boys were like, well, we need to, you know, we need to, like, really have something to show for our session tonight. So, you know, we got this. And at the time, this was in the age of dats, God knows. So they, like, grabbed a dat out of the closet, just this random track that I had never heard before that they had worked on. It was a bare bones, minimum, minimal, really, track. And they were like, you know, can you just, um, you know, see what you can come up with to this track with, with the lyrics that we all just wrote. So I was like, okay, I'll give, you know, give it a whirl. And so I went in the booth and just kind of like bounced off the top of my head in the rhythm pocket of the track. That was, uh, next thing I know, I was in, you know, in Warner, at Warner Brothers with a record deal and, and on top of the pops in the UK. So I actually have um, a personal reason to thank you, actually, um, for your yeah. songwriting. Since Founder Cure helped me through uh, a difficult time once, you clearly have a gift for finding hope and connecting people to it. Where does that come from? Whenever I'm doubting myself, and, and obviously, you know, I'm human, I doubt everything because, you know, everything is on full display. Whatever I write suddenly becomes, you know, public to the people and it's there to be nitpicked apart. But I always go back to the saying of trust your art because I feel like God speaks through you and, and your talent. Everyone has a talent, whatever that is. And there's a state that you go into that where you flow. And if you just let your talent give or give yourself over to it. You know, when I'm songwriting, I could be held back by, well, this isn't what people are talking about in music right now, you know, or maybe this is this lyric is too complicated. You know, people aren't going to understand what I'm talking about here or this is too simplified. I need to find a better way to say this that, you know, that that really strikes a chord deeper. I, I approach songwriting like that, like when I'm, you know, when I'm just when it's just me and my writing pad. How do I say this in a way that is going to be prolific in a way that is going to speak to people at its very base? Like when you strip away, you know, all of the drums and the backbeat and the, and the you know, the pea soup and all of that, you know, all of the parts of the music production. And it's just the song. It's just the lyrics and the story, the melody. What is the emotion that a person is going to feel hearing this? And, and Found a Cure specifically, I would say was one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult song in my career to date, to write, because I wrote it under so much duress. And it was at the height of Free. And so many people were so in love with Free and attached to it. And it was so strong still in the marketplace that anything, I felt like anything that I put out behind it was not going to get its proper due because it needs to have its own personality. And I went against my label at the time you know, they wanted me to go with another song that I felt was very um, just kind of like it was a cool song, but I didn't feel like it was impactful enough to come behind free. But it was safe. It was super safe. Mm. And I felt like safe was not the move. So I needed to do something that pushed a little bit harder at that moment. And so it, I finally came up with Found a Cure. So looking forward then, what can we expect to see next from you, assuming that we can travel again? I'm assuming you're going to be on the road. You know, I, I have to deal with what's happening here and now and the things that I can control. What I can control is the music that I'm writing for my next album, which will be number 10. And I can't even believe that, that I'm working <laughs> on my 10th album. Wow. And feeling really good about what I'm writing. I mean, if the pandemic hasn't done anything else, it slowed me down long enough for me to have to be home in order to concentrate on my writing. And so I've done a ton of writing over the last couple months. 
and then I can cherry pick out of the out of everything that I've written what makes sense for the next album that I want to put together mm-hmm. and um, and get that work out. I've got my apparel shop set up. Um, so now people are buying, you know, my, my T-shirts and clothing stuff on my on the website. So that's been great because that's been a long term goal. I just hadn't taken, you know, the time to like really get it going. And then now doing the live stream aspect, I can play, you know, when I when I want to. And I hadn't done it because, you know, as, as you know, I have, like I said, in my live stream when I started with those friends, I mean, just it, it was mm. when the pandemic first went down, it was like every week somebody was passing that I knew. And I was really just kind of frozen with grief for a while. And it yeah. just didn't seem like something that I could do. I just didn't have the energy to put into that when it felt like the sky was falling in. So it took me a while, but I got to a point where I felt like, okay, girl, you've got to pull yourself out of this. You got to pull yourself out of this because there are people that are waiting and hoping that you'll go play. And at first I was like, well, every DJ is playing live right now online. But people were like, no, we need to hear you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we need to hear what, we need to hear you. So I was like, oh, oh, okay, oh, okay, I got, it. I got it, I got it. So I was like, okay, girl, you gotta pull yourself together. And I would just think of my friends who have passed, and I call them my forever angels. So when I'm stuck, I think about when the Sham would, he would say, go, come on, girl, you know, Orlando or Gus, they would be, girl, come on, just you gotta do it. And so I use them as my guides and my strength to get over that hump to then go forward to finally do that live stream wow that's really inspiring really inspiring and uh very very humbling um i'm gonna play joey negro's mix of desire next ah yes one of my faves it's kind of a custom on the show that i get the guest to introduce it for me would you mind absolutely okay so here we go in closing we're going to listen to one of my favorite songs love it love it love it from the stranger than fiction album this is desire joey negro remix Don't need anyone to hold you tight at night. Let it sound the way. 
music for your mind, body, body and your soul. Still recovering from that one. Absolute star, Ultra Nata. As you can tell, she was everything that you would hope she would be a class act in every way. And keeping up the good vibes, and I think a Diana Ross covers in order. Jamie Lewis with Fave DJ and Saki here, and it's I'm Coming Out. Oh, yes.
time and a few hellos. People like MJ7, Dorothy and Chat, also Dash, Sarah and Ashley locked in and all our listeners around the world. And the next track is how we're rolling. Summer through the UK drizzle, Andy Hart with this big slab of good times. And this is called Epsilon Girls. Thank you. 
Instagram representing again. People like Benzolu, Arula Music, Soul Mornings, North Shark and Hideki. You are lovely people. Thank you. And I'm feeling Latin today. What a tune that is. DJ George Brazil Horns. I love it. And now this banger from Lego, of course, El Ritmo de Verdad.
and that last track on heavy rotation on most live streams so far this summer. Luke Solomon, Amy Douglas, Queen Rose, Love, Hope, Happiness, Amen to that. And the next track, a special tribute to my daddy and turns 70 next week. He still loves it like this. Kathy Brown, give it up. Happy birthday, mate.
doesn't like replays Apple Podcasts search for Martin Gale also Mixcloud.com slash Martin J Gale and Soundcloud Martin Gale DJ Michael Gray all over Jasper Street Company again Paradise of course and next an awesome first choice re-rub Jose Lopez and this is Freedom
today's interview well just stay tuned another in the works keep an eye on those flyers I'm saying no more than that and into the last panel so then this was Jared Gallo and this is a Detroit swindle absolute banger this is called Hey Mister what a tune this is
on being ushered reluctantly away. Thanks so much for joining. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to Ultra for being such a great sport. And I'll tell you what though, DJ KB now until 2pm UK. So give him your full attention and I'll see you the other side.
your pain. Do what you wanna do. 